All right, hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast, and I'm just checking in on you. Just checking in, checking in on you over Zoom. I uh, you know, don't have a lot of guests on this podcast. If you're watching this via Zoom, I don't know if you can see my guests yet or if they have to talk first, but we have the wonderful, newly talented, not next to say newly talented, always talented, newly discovered, Aisha Alpha. Hey! Who, what's going on? I got to get this all out. Who has a new okay. album called All the Parts? I was there the night she recorded it. And as of tomorrow, May 8th, 2020, whenever you're watching this, uh, you can get it at iTunes, Spotify, all the places that have stuff like that. So finally, <laughs> I don't know how many weeks into the uh, pandemic we are, I finally get you on the podcast. What's, what's going on? You know, just trying to hang in there. <laughs> I know. A laugh that turns into a cry quickly. You got a little one at home, right? Um, yeah, I've got a little kid. He's he's ten months, so he's he's loving this. He's like, oh, dad's home too now. This is Disneyland right now for him. How uh, are you handling it? I think it, you know, I'm, I was kind of like, it's fine. It's the same old, same old. It was kind of nice to, honestly, it was kind of nice to have a break from going out at night because I was just so tired all the time because our kid wasn't sleeping and I'm with him all day and then I would go out till like one in the morning. But wow. now I'm like. I'm over that. You know, I'm like, okay, like, let's go. I want to go out. I, I, there's a part of me that doesn't get to come out when I'm just talking to my husband all the time and talking to my kid. Like I need to go out and have that interaction with people. Yeah. You, you gotta be the, uh, you gotta be the mom. I do that. Well, this is the thing. My daughter knows, like, unfortunately knows a lot of the bad words because she lives with me. <laughs> so she'll just say, Dada, don't say that. Or she, and then the big thing is that is she goes, don't scream like that. Like, you know, I'm on a computer and I go, all right, you're right, buddy. You're right. She literally, she's three years old and she's already like surpassed me. She's like more like emotional quotient or whatever it's called. Yeah. That thing. She yeah. says to me, Dada, Dada, it's going to be okay. Be okay. You'll like, be fine, Dada. And then I just laugh going, you're right. You're right. You're right. So. Well, uh, my kid not, isn't talking yet. So he, so far, no bad words or anything, but he's hearing a lot of them. So I'm sure that's common. Well, here's my question I've been asking all stand-up comedians. When, whenever this comes back and they have, you know, 19 people spread out over 4,000 seats, <laughs> however they're going to do it, how, can you remember your act? Because I, I, I don't know that I can. Well, I mean, I can remember everything on my album because I've been listening to it incessantly to get all the edits and all that stuff and the clips done. So I'll be able to do this in my sleep as long as it's any joke that was on my album, you know. But uh, new jokes, I mean... There's been stuff that I've been thinking about. And for me, I don't really write things down. I just like think about it. And then I go on stage and I audio tape it so I can get a sense of if it was funny to me or not. And now I've been doing these Zoom shows and I feel like I'm just like ranting into the universe and you're finished and then yeah. there's nothing. And so I'm like, I don't know how this feels. It's, it's going to be interesting to go back and try out new stuff and I'm like, oh, this is, this is the best thing I've ever written. And then just crickets, you know? I so. want to be down there the first night the store <laughs> opens up or something. Yeah. I just want to watch all of us rusty comics oh, it's gonna be... going up there. And then the crowd's going to be like, this isn't as good as I thought it was. going <laughs> <laughs> to be. I feel like but... this should be like a mini series documentary of just like the, fa the fa failure feeling we're all going to get when we come out of this. And I think everybody that. bumps down. If you were headlining, you're now a middle. <laughs> if you're a middle... Your, Shows your, are only uh, just openers whatever, yeah. and hosts, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, well, at some point, people listening, um, because both of us have young ones, 
and uh, got to be there for him. I was going to do a little run of dates out here, San Diego, hopefully uh, Bakersfield and all that, and I was going to bring uh, yourself and hopefully Bartnick if he's around. So I'm hoping that that's going to happen. Yeah, me so, too. That'd be great. Um, so anyways, I was saying before that I was there the night at Dynasty Typewriter when you um, taped your hour and everything, and that was the first time you did an hour, right? recorded one yeah like i had <clears throat> i had previously done one a long time ago um that was i mean not great but it was like i was like ah, I'm, I'm moving from my hometown i've got to like you know do something and we had this right. whole thing and and then um the audio got screwed up and the files were corrupt and it just like doesn't exist anymore so like the oh. one the piece that i had i was like so excited about um that's why when i did this like I had, pre I had planned to do this album in April when I was still pregnant in Toronto. And then I got this booking that made, they said, you have to be free for the next two months. You got to cancel everything, uh, TV thing. So I did, I was like, this is so exciting, you know? And then of course that thing fell through and I'd already canceled my album. So I was like, you gotta be kidding me. So when I met with all things comedy and Mike, I was like really pregnant. And I was like, look, I need, I need to make this happen. Like I was just like, this is a long time coming. I need this to happen now. Um, and yeah, and he was like, I kind of laugh. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a, in the sense of like comedy in the world here. Like I'm a nobody. And I like walked in there real pregnant. I think he was just like scared of an angry pregnant lady. And he's like, sure, sure, sure. We'll do this. We'll do this. We'll produce it. Whatever you need, whatever you want. <laughs> but it worked out nicely. And it was, you know, it's, it's awesome. So it's like the first time I've actually done um, a whole sort of like real headlining um, full on, just like my story that I'm super proud of. Cause the last one, I think it's almost a blessing in disguise that it didn't come out. Cause there was some good stuff, but there was some bad stuff. And this is like my first right. thing to put out into the world that I'm like, I love it from top to bottom. And it's great. Well, I gotta tell you what I was blown away was you weren't even remotely nervous. If you were, I couldn't <laughs> tell. Oh, I was, I was so just... nervous. Oh my gosh. You, oh, you I was were? like, I was like, do you know one of the reasons I wore that shirt in particular is because you can't tell how much I'm sweating in it. Because I was like, like pit stains from like up here to my waist probably by the time it was like even starting. You know like, what's it was funny about crazy. that is I, in, you didn't look nervous at all to me. <laughs> so I invented this whole thing in my head. I'm like, that's right. She played competitive soccer. She's had the game on her, uh, on the line. She's dealt with all of this, the two minute offense and all that. So oh, when yeah. you get an athlete, they come in, the, you know, former athlete or whatever. I that's think that I stepped I, that's up. That's why I though. thought you weren't nervous. When I get nervous, like that's the kind of the brilliance I think of. I do need those nerves. Everyone's like, "Do you ever get nervous?" I'm like, "I get nervous even when I'm doing an open mic." But I think for me, that's like a trigger for my body, like that athletic, that competitive person, where I'm like, "Okay, now go from being scared to just like go, like perform as much as you can, do the best thing you can." And then oftentimes when I feel the worst before a show, if I'm sick or if I don't want to, you know, that feeling where you're like I just want to be at home right now, and then I get on stage, those are the most fun shows just because it's like you go from one end of the extreme to the other which is the best yeah i find if i'm uh yeah if, I, if i'm going through anything like that then what it comes is, is i don't give a shit yeah. not in a bad <laughs> yeah. not like i don't give a shit about the crowd but like i'm not going up there with any sort of expectation of i want to kill i gotta follow this guy i'm just like i really don't feel like doing this tonight i don't give a shit and then what happens is you get so relaxed you yeah. just fall into this pocket and lock in with the crowd. And after three jokes, personally, I'm like cheesing ear to ear, like <laughs> the greatest job ever. Yeah. Um, I always know I'm having a good time when I look at pictures and I'm like in like an ugly, deep gremlin swat squat. And I'm like, oh yeah, that was a good set, you know? Because <laughs> I'm just like full on, <laughs> let loose. It's great. Well, I'm hoping this whole stupid thing is going to open up because uh, 
you know, I did a special, I guess it came out in September, but I mean, I'm feeling like, you know, I try to do one every couple of years or so. And this yeah. year, just it's just a, it's kind of a loss, but I'm thinking, well, then maybe everybody else is going to be that way. But um, I think everyone's feeling that like, the, kind, the nice thing about this is it's literally a global pandemic. So everyone's on the same playing field, I think. You know, like everyone lost their job. No one's getting to do shows. If you are, they're like online shows, which don't, it's just not the same thing. So if right. everyone else puts out an album and you don't, then I'm going to be really interested to see what their process was in this whole time. I was making I fun it. of those people. You know, you say everybody's going through this stuff. I was making yeah. fun of those people who do that shit where they go, this pandemic is especially hard for me <laughs> because... <laughs> I'm such a social person. <laughs> it's just like, Jesus, like, wait, you know, wait, <laughs> take the camera lens and just put it on yourself. Yeah, yeah. That's just, for sure. That's the person too, who shows up at all the parties that no one wants to talk to. Like everyone else is happy. They're at home. That one person who's like, I'm very social. You're like, Oh God, just, yeah. And then, then we all got to sit there. We're all bored out of our minds. We're all losing money. We got to take time out to cheer you up. I'll tell you another thing that's been bugging me is this, this, this overly thanking of all the doctors and nurses. They're doing like the, like the support the troops thing. The support uh -huh. the troops thing I understood because troops were treated like shit after Vietnam. No one ever treated doctors and nurses like shit. <laughs> Maybe the doctors <laughs> treated the nurses like shit. A doctor's not a very good do job to have. What are you talking about? Yeah, they said they're these essential people. I oh, mean, those people pulling in a paycheck? <laughs> <laughs> you know, though, the thing that I, I'm like, the people we should be thanking are the grocery store clerks who have no protection and who are going in who like allow us to be able to like get food and they're they're still treated like shit and they're still getting their minimum wage or whatever. Who, let me ask you, who's treating them like shit? I don't walk a stick my popsicles in the bag, you fucking <laughs> asshole. Well, maybe not now, but I think before, like I've been in grocery stores where people are like talking on their phones, they're not paying attention. The person's trying to get like, hey, do you want paper or plastic or whatever it is? And they're like treating them like they're their servants. You know what I mean? And I think now that's switched where, it's like when you have a plumber come and your pipe's leaking, all of a sudden the plumber is God. You're like, oh, whatever you want, you know? That's yeah. the grocery store clerk. I don't know. I would look at it like motivation to not be bagging groceries. Because I had <laughs> jobs like that and getting treated like that, dishwasher in uh, restaurants and well, Plus now they're the only ones with the job. Like, they're going to be blinging after this with their, sure, it's only minimum wage, but they're like, hey, come on, ladies. Mama's <laughs> got a job, you know? <laughs> That's what I mean. It's just like, I, I, what I hate is people, how people, like the new thing now is to fall all over yourself thanking people. Um, like ever since like 9-11, then it became the, uh, what, what the, the first responders, the support the troops. Now that Now they got the doctors in there. And then they're going to have the, the people that bag groceries. Eventually, that, that's going to be the end of society. Is we're so going to be like busy thanking everyone around us so we don't get in trouble. <laughs> Someone will check a nuclear reactor or something. I don't yeah, know. no one's thinking that guy. Are you into conspiracy theory at all? I, I kind of got out of it. And all of my friends are sending me this shit that it was created in a lab. China did it on purpose. This is to take Trump down. This is to screw the Democrats. If this, this is, is because the earth is flat. <laughs> I would stay away. I mean, that people, those people I think are crazy, but um, the whole, like, this is a conspiracy created in a lab. There's a lot of like, you know, bad things that are created in labs. But if this, if the thing is like, it's created in a lab to take down Trump, this is the worst plan anyone's ever come up with. Cause it's just taking down everybody. Like why, why yeah. wouldn't you just create something that like, He's like Trump was exposed to it and didn't get it. So 
So it's like, it's really an unsuccessful conspiracy theory <laughs> if that's the case. He's too mean to get sick. <laughs> oh, man. He, Trump is meaner than the virus. I try to remain apolitical and I just go like crazy, you know, my own theories. But um, I got to admit, once, once he said to shoot household cleaners into your body, I was like, all right, this guy, uh, this guy's got to go. Can I tell you a story? So I was like, that's ridiculous. And then I thought, so my mom is, a, she's retired now, but she was a microbiologist by trade. And so she dealt with like all this kind of stuff. You know what I mean? When it was coming up, she would be in the lab trying to like tinker and figure things out. And also, so this is a woman who has her PhD in this. And also as a child, she used to put bleach on our tongue when we had a canker sore because she's like, it kills the thing. And I was like, this, like, this is kind of, this is what's giving me perspective about like people who are working in the front lines and advice perhaps <laughs> Trump is getting. I'm like, if my mom was involved, she may have been like, yeah, drink the cleaners. <laughs> you know, it's just crazy to me. Well, it, it sounds pack. like it's, it's all about moderation. Just a few sips of bleach. Yeah, they're not saying fine. to like, you know, have a nice little tumbler of it. It's just kind of rubbing on, on your gums like they, <laughs> all they do in those movies about yeah. cocaine. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, nuts, but, yeah. you know. You I wouldn't take do? his advice medically, even if he, you know, if he weren't the president. I wouldn't, that's not someone I'd go to for medical advice on how to stay healthy and how to like, you know, so why would I take it now? I'm going to wait for someone yeah, in the I, lab I feel like he me. just watches ESPN all day and then, oh, Jesus Christ. And it's like the loudest phone ever. Hang on a second. Hang. Hello. It's the weirdest thing ever. Like the only people who ever call my home phone are, are just delivery people. Or I, I would imagine it's some phone. sort of bad news. It happens every, every once in a while. So sorry about that. Anyways, what are you talking about? The, the whole Trump thing? Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like he just like watches ESPN all day. And then just at the last second, they're like, all right, you're on now. Just, all right, how long do I have to talk for? <laughs> when do I get the light? Yeah, he just goes up and he just starts, hey, this, that, this thing again, this thing repeated, but said a little more firmer. <laughs> um, he's sort of blowing it off. I don't know. This is what I, this is what I, I got. It. This thing has to end because I'm going to end up being this guy that gets into fucking politics and shit. And I, I don't want to. It's, it's funny. Not even that. I'm commenting on politics and I haven't watched any of it. Well, everyone, I mean, that's the thing is we all have an opinion, even though uh, I live with like my husband's very reads the news, you know, he needs to know a lot of stuff for his job and stuff like that. And he knows a lot about politics and things. And I'm just like, I'll hear one headline. And I'm like, well, I've got an opinion on this and I'm going to talk about it. Like, yeah, it's just, yeah. I mean, also, I can't vote. So I feel even more disempowered because um, I'm not a citizen yet. I have to. I thought apply. once you get married, you become a citizen. You have to wait like three years but because i got my green card two years before we got married if like just on my own i think i have to wait i can apply for next year or something but i uh i can't i can't vote in canada or in america right now i'm just like a nobody right now and why exist. do they view you like you left them already yeah i think if you're non-resident which i declared so i could do my taxes here instead of there then uh you're out of luck after a while hey next election you know all those idiots walk around with that stupid sticker i voted mm-hmm you know, like they're potty trained or something like that. You should get one I can't vote with a little sad face on it. <laughs> I, the best is I love it because right now when people try to campaign to me and they stop you on the street, I'm like, I can't vote. And they're like, oh, but I can help you register. I'm like, mm, not a citizen. And it's like I've just breathed fire water on them. They're like, Ooh, okay, never mind. I don't want to talk to you. You know, I'm going to use that. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think people know when you're a citizen if you can vote. I'm not gonna lie. No, I'll just Let's say do. I can't vote. I got a felony. <laughs> this is then the next headline. Bill Burr's got a felony. What could it be? And then it'll be great. Oh, it's the refrigerator guy. I got. I got to go downstairs here for a second. <laughs> this is the best. Let uh, me talk to him. Let me talk to him. Huh? Hang on a second. Hang on. Uh, there's just no. There's no respect for a Zoom podcast whatsoever. <laughs> I'm getting a nice right. little little tour. Here we All right. Well, I like this. This is grainier footage. <laughs> I feel like I, I'm, I'm more castable as, as uh, something else. Wait, hey, how much long do you think this is going to fucking... Huh? Did you just move locations? Like this repair guy came and you're like... I just like, walked down our, our, our tiny flight of stairs. We have, a, we have <laughs> stairs in our house. This house was initially just a ranch. And what happened was, uh, and then there was a room downstairs, and people got sick of having to go outside to go down to it because the house is like 100 years old. So somebody just blew out a closet mm. and just stuck stairs going down them. I can't believe I never noticed it when I bought the fucking house. So, <laughs> so you basically can't get anything down the stairs other than a person. You oh, buy like any skinny, piece of skinny, furniture, then stairs. You have to go around. Oh, it's kind of house and all of that. Sh Whatever. Whatever. <clears throat> it's my house. Hey, um, when do you think this thing's going to be fucking over? I want to go out on the road. I've had it. My wife has had it with me. I've had it with me. <laughs> I just want to get back out there. Everything's starting to back up. Is there just overhead lighting? It's <laughs> great. All right. Now I'm winded. All right. And by the magic of editing, now I'm upstairs because of the fucking back upstairs again. Um. Anyways, when do you think this thing's over? I mean, I don't know. I think that they're going to start letting people do it, like go and do things again. They're starting to reopen things, mostly just because otherwise people are going to go crazy. I think that's the truth of it. They're not going to be able to contain people. So I say like in another month, everything will be starting to open back up, which is scary. Yeah, I, mean, I don't you think can't that's have, the right you time. Can't, you can't have like 60% of the population become homeless because less than 1% are sick. So... I think well, what they, they do is they should just get a bunch of masks and shit out to everybody, specifically older people, people with asthma, people with weight issues. That's is that it. a thing, weight issues? Yeah, I think it, the, the worst health you're in, oh. you know. Hey, I'm not a doctor, but I still want to <laughs> get thanked. I'm going to throw some <laughs> medical information out here. I don't get why they can't just get everybody fucking tested. I don't understand why that is so difficult. You got a ton of fucking money for these never-ending wars. You got plenty of money to bail out these banker cunts right. and all that, but you can't just get us fucking tested, find out who has the cooties and who doesn't. It's so nuts. There's one of the, there's like a, a non-emergency clinic that under my healthcare I'm allowed to go to. And they keep sending these messages being like, we've got tests. And I don't know if they're like black market, like not allowed. This is before like hospitals had them and they were like, you need a test? Let us know. We're part of your network. And I was like, like what's going to happen? And he's like, and then now they're like, you, they have the antibody test. Like they're just like sending these covert messages all the time. And I'm really wondering like where they're getting them from. But yeah, I don't like, I don't like that vibe coming from somebody in the medical field. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like they have, Out of the back of a van. <laughs> yeah. The stolen stereo. Yeah. Like back in the day. Yeah. Hey, can I look, tell me about the whole, your, your whole soccer background. You played professionally, right? Yeah, I mean, 
<clears throat> I played in university and then I went to the world university games, which is like the Olympics for students, which mm -hmm. was cool. That was like probably the, for me, one of the coolest experience. And then I played in the W League, which doesn't exist anymore. Whoa, whoa, slow down, slow down. What? So what happened? So you, you got the university championships. How many Yeah, teams? so we, okay, so I played university. I played for all my eligibility and I did five years. And we went to nationals three times, won once and came, got silver twice. So we were like a very successful team. University of Alberta, go Pandas. Did um, you score any, uh, any goals? Come on, of course I did. I mean, come on, let's talk about it. You, you know? did. Of course, I was a striker. I was the game ultra winner? competitive. Um, in our national chat, no, I scored once in the, but the game winner, we won two one, and the game winner was uh, Cheryl Cormack, another uh, another striker on our team. But I scored the first. I think I scored the first one. She scored the second one. But it was like we that year when we won, we were undefeated. We had no losses, only ties and wins, and then we went and won nationals, and it was like. The, right before we, we had the final game, I remember being so emotional. And people were like, are you okay? Are you nervous? I was like, no. I know we're going to win, and I don't know what to do with this energy. Like, I'm like, I'm so certain. I was just like that level of confidence of like we were prepared. We were the best team. I knew it, and I was like on top of my game. And I was like, let's just get this over with. Like, let's get through the 90 minutes because I want to like hold the banner and like go out and party because I'm just so excited about it. And then we won, you know? I was cocky too. I gave, I gave, like I talked to the press and I remember saying things like, yeah, we're going to win. So uh, let's wrap it up. Like I was just so, I was the one you Oh, you were giving the I other think. team bulletin board material and they still oh, didn't beat you. Like legit. My, my last year, we had a shitty year, but we still got to go to nationals. And then we came in second and I gave a, I talked to the press and I said, we're going to drink happily either way. Meaning if we win or we lose, we're proud of our, you know, but what they wrote is we're going to drink happily. And that was posted in the newspaper. And they legitimately, one of my girlfriends who played on the team we played against told me they brought that into their pregame talk as uh, like a target on my face being like, let's do this. It was great. But I mean, like, I don't care. I was like, this is the best, you know, did they try any cheap shit during the game? No, I was too you? wily. Like I was, I was the one who I'm like, Oh, punch me. Sure. I'm just going to smile and like, I was score too on you wily. I've never heard that described in sports. <laughs> no wonder you became a writer and a comedian. <laughs> I would love to hear you talking shit out on the pitch. They probably didn't understand half the things you were saying. Uh, I my coach once told me, she's like, Aisha, you need to stop smiling so much when you're playing because you seem like a little shit disturber and people are going to come after you because I would score and I'd be like, ha ha, like just... And like a little, you know, too cocky for my own good, but I delivered. So it was, it was maybe just that's like what win. happened to Isaiah Thomas. If you've been watching this Jordan documentary. I haven't watched it yet. I've just heard people commenting on it. Cause I'm like, that was that whole year was my final year of, of high school. And we all watched that at our graduation party. So I want to see this documentary of. Yeah. There's a, there's a, well, not to ruin it, whatever. There was a whole thing with him being left off the, uh, the dream team. Dream team. And it still bothers him and all that. But, like, all I remember about him, other than he was a great player, was he was always smiling. <laughs> so he was, like, he had a great smile. And he seemed like uh, he had – it's funny. He had, like, this little kid vibe while being a killer out there. Yeah. And I don't know what he did, but he, like, somehow pissed everybody off, it seems. That and was kind of me a little bit. Maybe not to that extent, but – Cause like I think they're the the teams we played against we were vicious like we used to like there were some real elbows on purpose and stuff but as soon as the game was done we were all cool like we would be 
friends, we'd go out for beer and all that kind of stuff. So I never had that long-term effect of not making a team because people hated you or something like that. What's you know? the dirtiest thing you ever did to somebody? Um, I used to, <laughs> when I was running like side by side, and I was very fast back then, but you know, you'd be standing next to someone trying not to get offside and they would often try and grab at your jersey. So I would stand next to them and hold their hand and then they would kind of look at me like, what the heck's going on? And as soon as the ball went, I would just lean down on their hand, which makes them fall like this. And then I would take off. But I was always like, I felt justified in it because they were grabbing at my jersey and doing all this stuff. Mine was just like sneaky in a different way at a different time. But I would be smiling the whole time and like, ah, you know, it was great. <laughs> I, well, I don't know. I, I, I kind of like, fine. I always read sports books because I'm not the brightest guy. So I, I was just reading one on the Steelers and they were talking about how one of the wives of the offensive linemen like made their jerseys a couple size smaller and then put double-sided tape under oh, their so jerseys couldn't. and their pads. Yeah, there's all <laughs> kinds of like, that's what I always, it always strikes me as funny when people talk about the integrity of the game and all of that. I remember one time Sports Illustrated did this whole article on um, the biggest cheats in the NBA. Oh, that would be so good. They had one of the guys who was admitted a big cheat in the NBA and he just went on anonymously and he said, okay, so one thing you try to do is you get yourself between the ref and your opponent who has the ball and you act like you're reaching out to block the ball and you actually, you punch him in the balls. And the guy goes, the, the writer was like, you punch him in the balls. He goes, yeah. He goes, I learned that one from Jordan. <laughs> so I think everybody, I think while the game is going on, People do shit, and if they and they just look at it like, well, it's the ref's job to catch me, and if I get away with it, I get away with it. I one hundred percent believe that. That's not my yeah. job. Like, here's the thing: I'm not gonna cheat. Like, you know, women, we don't have balls to punch. But I did play with guys. I played in the men in a men's league overseas, and like, you know, I wasn't punching anyone in the balls or anything like that. But I'm gonna do everything I can to get the best advantage. And if it's against the rules, then someone should call me on it. And if they don't then I'm going to keep doing it until, you know what so I mean? So wait, you played, in a, you played in a co-ed league after that? No, so I played, so I went, played for university. Then I played in the W League, which was like the professional women's league of North America. Played in there two seasons. And then I went overseas to Korea and played in a, not a co-ed league. It was just, I wait, was so the you first. Played, you played at a pro level in the United States? Well, I, I was in Canada. In uh, Canada. Playing in the Ottawa team. But we used to play at like the northeastern quarter of, the, of America. And then we went to the final four um both seasons that i was playing um wow we didn't that's win. amazing yeah it's kind of funny like it's a part of my life that i kind of forget because i don't play soccer or watch soccer now but i kind of forget that that's a thing that's interesting to people you know when you've done something you're like yeah it's just the thing i did but then when someone hears well, it, about well, it it's already interesting but then because you're so good at this new thing you just thought like oh she was the class clown and she was socially awkward but but you start filling in all the time like like i did oh she's an athlete so she she's not nervous <laughs> at the big moment and then you're like no i was completely you know <laughs> yeah sweating my my my, my whatever you call your your whatever's off, off whatever no, women say. say yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah so i i just assume that like um i don't know i just always just like assume that a lot of comics had that sort of loner outcast not fitting in thing, um, you know, which, and which I is why I love Joe Rogan's story where it's like, no, I was a, I was a national champion Taekwondo 
Yeah, he, you can the tell shit it out him, of people though. that I became a comedian. Tell. Yeah, but I think that there's something about like for me, I feel a little bit of like this imposter syndrome in a way sometimes because so many people who I talked to in comedy were like, I've always wanted to be a comedian. I'm a comedian nerd. I know all the comedians, every special, every word. And like, I just didn't grow up watching comedy. Like my family wasn't into that. My dad, my parents weren't into that. So I didn't, I'd never gone to see comedy until I started doing comedy. You know what I mean? Which how, is not, how did you end up doing it? I started off, so I was doing like speaking stuff and then I got into acting and then they were like, um, there's this opportunity to try stand up. And I was like, oh, let me get outside my comfort zone. Let me just try this thing that's so scary to me and just get it off the, the list of things that are scary and do it one time. And then I can feel, I don't know, more motivated to try new things, you know? And then I did it and it was fun. Like I had a great time. I love being the center of attention for however long as possible. And then someone offered me another show when I came off and I was like, cool, let me come back next week and do that. And then it was like a couple, you know, shows. And I did a couple shows in that first couple months. And then someone's like, oh, you're the one who does stand up comedy. And I was like, am I? And then all of a sudden I was getting more shows and doing stuff. This is in Winnipeg where, you know, there's at the time there were maybe three shows in a week if you were lucky. Um, but what is the scene like there? Was there a, a major chain comedy club, like a Yuck Yucks or anything? Rumors. Rumors Comedy rumors. Club. Rumors, oh, okay. Which is actually a really great club. I think a lot of people like the actual club. It's always full. Uh, they have shows, I think, like Tuesday to Friday, and it's always, always full. Um, but it's Winnipeg, I've been there like know? two or three times to do stand-up, and I had such a great time. To Winnipeg or to Rumors? Uh, Winnipeg. Yeah. I never played Rumors. I played a uh, a small theater up there. Um, Burton Cummings Theater. I don't know. It was like a really old place. I played a couple, like the um, I think it's the Moore Theater in um, Seattle's the same way, where they haven't changed it, and it's like mm. well over a hundred years old. So they had That's segregation and everything back then. <laughs> oh so yeah. The upper deck, there's like the old, like a separate set of stairs. To get all the wow. way up there. Which yeah, stairs so I used did you to use, Bill? Jokes. Which stairs did you use? <laughs> oh, I used the white privilege ones right in the back, <laughs> and I got my throat coat tea. But the joke I was doing was that's why uh, that's why black people dominated white people in sports, climbing all those extra stairs, <laughs> and we and that's why we have flat asses. We just had to we just walked right into the uh, <laughs> you have no climbing yeah. muscles. In yeah, the no, back. no climbing muscles. Just came walking in and sat down <laughs> um, and enjoyed ourselves. Uh, yeah, there was a there's a couple that I've played. One in Winnipeg Peg was like that, and then the one in Seattle is like that. And like, I wanted to see that way upper deck. Like, wow, let me see this. See a part of history. Let's see these stairs. It was yeah. no fucking joke. <laughs> I mean, this is just flight after flight. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine, too, like how weird the energy of that crowd would be, even though it was considered this is the way it is. Like, you're coming out, and, and if the whole upper deck is black and the whole bottom would be white. It's, <laughs> it's hilarious. It's like, remember that with that McDLT sandwich where they had the hot side hot and the cold side cold? <laughs> yeah. You put it separately, you're trying to stick them together. It oh, just yeah. seemed like you would, <laughs> like, there's something about a crowd where you got to get everybody on board. I, I yeah. wonder if if, uh, if entertainers would come backstage. Yeah, how were they? Yeah, I, I didn't like the upper deck. <laughs> you know, on the lower deck, they're a little snobby tonight. Upper deck is fun. The lower deck, I don't know. 
I feel like that's like a sketch for some, you know what I mean? Like uh, going back in the day and someone's like, kill it on that upper deck. Ooh, those lower deck. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, or that's you have funny. a comedy team and the white act <laughs> brings the black act out on his shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> He's performing to the upper deck and you're doing the lower, then you're doing the same joke in your own vernacular. Yeah. Oh my God. It's like, so I walk into this place. He's like, so then the top guy's like, so I go around back to where I'm allowed into this place. And uh, <laughs> it's like the same thing happening. That's hilarious. That's yeah. so funny. Who would have oh, ever God. thought I would miss the road? As much? The first, I got to lie to you. The first two weeks of this pandemic, three yeah. weeks, I didn't, mi- I did not miss stand up at all. I'm like, oh, well, I'm like, oh, boo hoo. I don't have to go to fucking LAX again. <laughs> I know. Fucking who? Nice. I'll, t- I'll take a month off. But I kind of assumed that everybody was just going to stay inside for two weeks. Exactly. And whoever two had weeks it, is it what was going to burn out. And now what is it like a month and a half, two months? I don't even know. I don't know what time is anymore. But like, yeah, everyone I think assumed it was just going to be this quick little break. We we're all going to get a like a it was like a spa treatment. We'd all get more sleep. We'd be yeah. drinking less. And then, you know, we'd be well, you're not you're not drinking anymore, are you? What's the deal? Nah, you're not. You I say that like it. you're so disappointed in yourself, but well, I feel like I will say this. So I quit cigars too because I because those things went out of control. But um, on Monday, Tuesday, Monday night, I had my first cigar in like two months. Yeah, and I went in and I was just like, just buy one. <laughs> so I bought, and of course I went in and I immediately bought two. I'm like, you're doing it again. <laughs> And then this is so weird. I drink, uh, I drink the the Mexican Fanta that has the real sugar. Okay. I drink one of those because it's the sweet with the smoke. You know, to drink like a smoky. Oh, I think I saw you doing that on your Bill uh, Bill Burt. Is that what you yeah. had a Fanta then? And I was like, Fanta, interesting. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's really probably white trash, but anyway. Well, it reminds um, me of Nigeria. In Nigeria, Fanta's like the thing. All my family drinks Fanta, so I'm like. Is he part Nigerian? <laughs> no, okay, so it might be. It's a Niger. <laughs> it's a Nigerian thing, and it's a it's a anybody who was alive in the seventies uh-huh. when I first remember Fanta first came out and Sunkissed Orange Soda when that first came out. <laughs> and I remember I remember this guy in the paper too a few years later going Sun. You know he had just a, a you know a bunch of rambling thoughts was his was his column that day, and one of the things that he wrote was. Uh, sun kiss doesn't taste as good as it used to. And that was the first thing I ever read in a, in a newspaper that wasn't on a sports page as a little person. It's just like, I know what this means. I know what this guy's talking about. I didn't know that, that it meant it was like fake soda. So anyways, so I bought two cigars, two sodas, and that was Monday. And um, I was just like, I kind of understand how my body works. It's just like, if I don't fuck with it for four days, I don't give a shit. So today's Thursday. So I got like one more day of this shit, and then that that cigar will stay there. I'm thinking July Fourth weekend. I'll smoke one for Merca, right? <laughs> one for Merca. That's also uh, my kid's birthday, so I'm hoping we can at least be out doing something else by then. Your son's birthday's July Fourth. The fifth. He. I went into labor on the fourth, and then he was born in between in between the two earthquakes. Oh, Maybe there was one, right. on the I, I was, one on the fourth. I was back. Uh, I was I was back east. I had an acting gig. Yeah. You're in New York, something, right? Yeah, yeah, but in, yeah. yeah, for the whole friggin' summer. So, um, anyway, let me let me hype the album again. Okay, so it's called All the Parts, and yeah. as of tomorrow, May eighth, twenty twenty. But whenever you watch this, it's on iTunes, Spotify, all the places where you get it. You absolutely killed. I'm dying to get out on the road in uh, 
do some stuff. And, and I already promised you that I was going to bring you out on a couple of these. So we both got little kids. So, yeah, you know, hopefully people will stay inside. So that we can whatever. get on the road. Everyone stay inside so that we can go on the road. Have and then fun. you can come out and go see us. Do it. Do it for us. <laughs> yeah. So what is it? The, the doctors stay home so they can go out. Stay home so that we can go on the road. That's what I want. Thank okay. us. I'm up for Go that. Go outside that and like bang the pots and pans. All right. If you want a good laugh, you want to listen to me read out loud, I have to do a, uh, I got to do a, a fucking a read here. What the hell is it? Okay. All right. Framebridge, everyone. Um, if you've been listening to this show, you've heard me talk about Framebridge. By now, you know that they make it super easy and affordable to frame your favorite things without ever leaving the house. I have, I've actually used these people I have my old dog, Cleodio. I got a nice framed picture of her sitting up in my office. I still consider her my dog, even though she's not with me anymore. Anyway, from, but they did a great job. Uh, from art prints and diplomas to the family photos sitting on your iPhone, you, you can frame bridge just about anything. Here's a reminder how it works. Just go to framebridge.com and upload your photo, or they'll send you a package to safely, safely mail in your physical pieces. I guess that's for nudes. You don't want to, you don't want to upload that. Uh, preview your item online in dozen of frame styles. Choose your favorite or get free recommendations from their talented designers. The experts at Framebridge will custom frame your item and deliver your finished piece directly to your door, ready to hang. Instead of hundreds you pay at Framing Store, their prices start at $39 and all shipping is free. Plus, my listeners will get 15% off their first order at framebridge.com when they use my code BURR, B-U-R-R. Get started today. Frame your photos or send someone the perfect gift. Go to framebridge.com and use the promo code BURR, B-U-R-R, to save an additional 15% off your first order. Just go to framebridge.com, promo code BURR. Once again, framebridge.com, promo code BURR. All right, there we go. So... Wow. That is the uh, the just checking in your Thursday afternoon just before Friday Monday morning podcast cast. Uh, Aisha, so great to finally have you on here. Thanks, so great for to me see on. you. So I know, so good to see you. We'll I know we were supposed fourth. to get the kids together for the first time ever <laughs> months ago. It almost we'll happened. do it. It'll happen. It'll so happen. We'll be talking by then. It'll be great. Okay, cool. Well, I hope uh, to be out on the road with you soon, working on our new hours, and I hope everybody stays at home and. This whole thing fucking blows out to sea. All right. So once again, if you want to see uh, Aisha's new album, go to iTunes and uh, Spotify, and it's called All the Parts. Aisha, thank you so much. Thanks for uh, having me for on. coming on here, and uh, I hope to see you face to face in a packed comedy club soon. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. All, All right. right. We'll see you. Bye. Bye. Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, May 7th, 2012. 
2012, baby. What's going on? Do you guys have a... Why am I yelling? Why am I yelling? You know why? Because I got a good night's sleep and I just had some waffles. So I got that fucking sugar rush. Yeah, I made... Oh, just slam my computer. Who gives a fuck? I can't figure out how to work it anyways. Um, I had... Um, I had some waffles for breakfast. Now, why did you just shut off, you cunt? Oh, I see. It just sort of... Jesus, Bill, everything that technology does is not an attack on you. Why don't you just relax? I need, I, hang on, guys. I just need to talk to myself for a second, all right? Just fucking just sit and think. Figure out what happened. Stop taking the bait. All right, I'm back. Um, yeah, I had some fucking waffles. I actually made them yesterday. I'm going to take you guys through my boring day. This sounds like the beginning of a Bruce Springsteen song, doesn't it? I made some waffles. It was overcast, but I was going to make them sunny side up. Oh, my God. How does he turn it around? The breakfast limericks from that guy. You know what? It's one of my goals to see him live in concert because I've been making fun of him forever. And half of my friends have been making fun of him. And then they go see him in concert. And they're like, dude, you got to go see that guy in concert. You know, with his class three underbite. Um, he's got he's got a, he's got one of those. I don't know if he was a dog. He'd be one of those dogs with the mushed in faces. You know, he's got one of those boxer. Um, the same dentition of like a boxer or like a pug. Um, what the fuck? Can, can, can pugs not breathe or something? I know they have the mushed in face, but like I always hear bulldogs have the worst time trying to breathe. But like pugs have the most look of panic on their face. Like when bulldogs can't breathe, they just say, oh, yeah, I'm just going to fucking lay down here. They just seem like a tub of shit dog where like pugs like genuinely seem concerned about something. The way their eyes bug out, or do they have like that high metabolism? You know, when you have something wrong with your thyroid, is that the right word? Huh? Do I have any doctors that listen to this? Anyways, I made waffles yesterday, and the lovely Nia is killing it. You know, she's working out. She's on this, um, I'm going to be a fucking even hotter chick diet, right? So she can't eat anything, all right? And you know the ladies, Okay, they got all that fucking hormonal shit going on every goddamn month. You know, stuff fucking, I don't know what. There's always something going on with them. You know, they're basically, it's like living with an addict when you live with a woman. You know, they always got, he's got some shit coming up, man. They always, that same bullshit. So now you compound it with the fact, now she's on some special diet. So she's basically detoxing from whatever fucking, you know, how people eat. You know how we eat, right? You get the sugar salt rush. You eat till you're totally stuffed. You mentally think that's what eating is. So then when you actually eat the way you're supposed to and your body isn't like freaking out like, yeah, man, fucking Fritos, right? It's actually just chilling with some fucking broccoli and some protein. You're not used to that. You know, you're used to going to some high energy shit. So anyways, I'm sitting there making the waffles, right? And you know, one of those deals when your chick goes on a fucking diet, all of a sudden you have to be on the diet too, you know? You're eating waffles? Are you just doing that to torture me? No, I'm doing it because I like fucking waffles. I felt like having some waffles. Oh my God, I have to sit here. I have to eat wonton soup for breakfast. (laughs) That ain't my fault. You know, I'm not on a diet. And then they do all that shit where they always try to make it seem it's easier to be a guy. Guys can lose weight so much easier. It's so much harder for a woman to ba 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 ba. Wait, you fucking outlive us. Isn't that enough? Isn't that enough? I'm going to die before you do. 
Okay? What is your problem with the soup? Jesus fucking Christ. Jesus Christ. So, anyways, that's what I'm fucking dealing with. And uh, I actually had a major victory. Just one of those silent victories that you have in your relationship, you know? Those are the best ones to have. You don't say anything, and you see it in their face, and you see that they realize it, and then you see them wondering if you realize it, and you kind of look back at them like, I do realize it, but I'm not going to say it, because then you'll be able to, if I say it out loud, you'll somehow fucking do some sort of two-point reversal and bring up some other shit, and then I'll lose, you know? I'll just fucking shoot that look right back at you like, that's right, woman. I won this one, okay? You're going to have to wait for another fight, because this one is over. As fucking Michael Corleone says in The Godfather 2. Over! Um, <laughs> I, I, gotta, I gotta steal that. At some point, I wanna be in an argument with Nia. I can't be a real one because she'll get mad. I'm just gonna do it over something stupid. Like she wants to go see this Cabin in the Woods fucking movie, whatever the hell it is. It's supposed to be a perfect movie. Uh, what does that mean? The guy gives into the woman? Oh, Jesus, am I in a fucking mood? Can I blame it on the syrup here, people? It was the syrup out in Jersey. I can't say out in Jersey. That's Anthony's impression of him. I owe him fucking 50 cents right there. Some residuals. Um, Anthony Cumia, everybody, from the Opie and Anthony program with little Jimmy Norton um, on XM Satellite Radio. Yeah, little promo. The fuck was I just talking about? God damn it. Blamed it on the syrup. Ah, shit, that thought's gone. Oh, I know. I had this minor victory. I had this minor victory, right? I'm on the road. On the road again, right? Doing my dick jokes on the road again. I don't give a fuck about you or your friend. Buy my DVD and get the fuck out of my face. Um, <laughs> I should have fucking waffles. You know what? This whole podcast is going to die in like fucking 12 minutes in. I'm just going to sugar crash. I'm going to be laying on the rug like that fucking dude in train spotting. But instead of like falling into it, I'm just going to nod off like a fucking like a goddamn dog with a mushed in face. Oh, we brought it around. What's the deal? Um, so anyways, no, here, here was the victory I had. Um, so I was on the road doing my jokes. I come back to town. All right. And uh, and as always, somehow when I was away, something got broken and nobody knows has any fucking idea. It's like my car. I don't know what happens. When I take it out, nobody ever really hits it. Somehow, when Nia takes it out, somebody always hits it. And then I go out. She doesn't say shit. I go out to use the car, and I see some side swipe down the fucking side of the car. And I just go, I come in. I go, Nia, somebody hit the car. And then she's always like, what? When did that happen? <laughs> How many times can I fall for that? You... Do people just not like you when you drive the car? Ah, what am I talking about? Somebody tagged it a fucking month ago when I went over Chris Porter's. Somebody fucking tagged my car. Um, but anyway, so I come back, and once again, something's broken. Um, the blender. The blender was busted. You know, the engine worked, but the little fucking teeth things were broken. So she's just like, we need a new blender. I can't make my skinny girl margaritas anymore because the teeth don't work. So let's throw it. But the fucking motor works. So I go, well, why don't we just get it fixed? And she's like, ah, oh. because she knows what that means. Why don't we get it fixed? That means it's going to sit there for three years before I finally bring it over to a repair shop. All right. But not, not now. Not old new fix it, Billy. 
I said, you know what? I'm going to figure out how to fucking fix that goddamn thing. All I did, you know what it was? All I, I just wanted, all you have to do is just look up the, the fucking, you get the, I know this is basic to some people, but for a lot of morons, and there's a lot that listen to this podcast, by the way. Um, no offense, none taken. Um, all you do is just whatever, the brand and then the serial number. You go on the internet and you, can, you just buy the part. So I buy the fucking part. Thing shows up. I do all this shit without talking to Nia, right? And I fucking, I go to take this thing apart, turn it upside down. I'm fucking pulling, trying to pull the motor out. It won't come out because that thing on the top. And I'm like, what the fuck? And then I just go on YouTube. And I found a video of a guy doing, fixing the exact problem I had. I didn't need to unscrew the bottom. All I needed to do was just fucking get a screwdriver and take the thing off the top. Which, how it doesn't strip the top, I have no fucking idea. We don't care, Bill. Get to the point. All right, long story short, I get this fucking thing on. It works. So what do I do? Do I get in her face and say, yeah, woman, I fucking fix that shit? I don't. I don't. I fix it. Make sure it runs. I try it out, and then I just stick it in the cupboard. You know? And a couple days later, I go, hey, you know what? I think I'd like a milkshake. Well, how are you going to do that? The blender doesn't work. Oh, I fixed it. (laughs) You fixed it? Yeah, I fixed it. That was no big deal. Took it apart. I uh, fucking fixed it myself. There you go, woman. All right? With your whole, we need to fucking... Go buy another one. You know, I realized that wasn't really a major victory. Even though, like, when you're just in your head, you're like, yeah, I fucking dominated. Then I just said that out loud. That was really no big deal. It's a seven. This is how much I wanted to fix it. It was a $7 part, and I had it overnighted for, like, fucking 16 bucks. <laughs> so, you know, and I didn't even want a milkshake. I just wanted to show her that I did something. I don't know why. Why? Because I'm a weak person and I need other people's approval. There. Does that make you happy? Does that make you feel? Does that make you smile in your fucking cubicle? Huh? Is that what you're doing? When you're in a cubicle and you're smiling, if I was your boss, I would immediately think that you're somehow stealing from the company because there's no reason to smile in a computer, in a cubicle, in a computer, in a cubicle. There's no fucking reason. All right? Unless you somehow figured out a way to be happy. You know? Some sort of one of those Zen douchebags. Why are they a douchebag, Bill? Because they're happy? You know? What happened to you? All right, what the fuck am I going to talk about? I was going to do... Oh, I know what we have to talk about, everybody. This is very special. Guess what it is this Sunday? It's Mother's Day! Mother's Day! Your mom! The one that that uh, did most of the heavy lifting... As far as uh, bringing you into the world. Your dad was like the Steve Jobs, you know. Yay, I want this to happen. Get on it, scientists, right? So he had a partner too, you know, although they never bring that up on The View, do they? Um, Believe it or not, this is advertising. All right, let's get on with this. Uh, Pro Flowers, everybody. Mother's Day. It's coming up, all right? It's Monday. It's Sunday. You know what that means? It means it's only six days away. So what does that mean? That means you go down to the drugstore, all the good cards are gone at this point. They're all picked over, all the envelopes are laying on the ground, and the only cards that are left are either they either just, you know, it's like a fart joke or they're like oddly incestuous. You know, there's no good cards left. Once again, you screwed up. All right? So what do you got to do? The ladies, they like the flowers. All right? So here's the copy. Uh, Guys, don't mess up on Mother's Day. If you were like me, you probably put her through the ringer as a kid. DUI. Uh, 
Now show her that you love her and send her flowers from Pro, Pro Flowers. It's a great way of making up to mom is by sending her flowers from Pro Flowers, everybody. Come on, man. You got to do it. You got to do it. I'm going to do it. Don't you want to be like me? Um, this is the deal. You get a dozen rainbow roses for mom plus a free glass vase for only nineteen ninety nine. An incredible piece, and they are guaranteed to last seven days. All right? Bing, bang, boom. This is You know what's great about Pro Flowers is you get to handle this. You get to feel like what it's like to be a rich guy. You know what I mean? You know how rich people are always working on their business and they don't have time. They don't have time to go out and buy gifts. So they just send some assistant. Ah, well, whose birthday is it? Ah, dad, dad, go get him a Maserati. Can't you see I'm busy in here? You can do the same thing for a much cheaper price. For $19.99, you can handle your mom like a rich guy running a business. What's it? My mother, she brought me into the world. You go out there. Let me tell you something. You go out there for $19.99. You get her some rainbow roses in a vase. I'm going to get back to my job here. All right? This is all you got to do. Go to proflowers.com. You click on the mic, and you type in the code B-U-R-R. It's my last name for all the slow people out there. And uh, for my radio listeners, you can get another dozen roses plus chocolates for just $10 more. That's 40% off. So there you go. Flowers and chocolates. Okay? And you don't have to go pick them up. They're going to deliver them right to a door. All right? All you got to do is just type in Burr. Click on the mic on the top of code. Top what? Click on the mic and type in the code Burr. I can't read. All right? Here we go. Either call 1-800-PRO-FLOWERS. That's it. You can do it over the phone. Go light up a giant cigar and act like you're running a corporation here. Call 1-800-PRO-FLOWERS or even better, visit proflowers.com. Click on the microphone in the top right corner and type in Burr, B-U-R-R. That's proflowers.com. And uh, that's it. Open now for Mother's Day. Oh, order now for Mother's Day before the deal is gone. All right? Before the deal is gone. Um, and then all you got to do is and then you, you, that stuff shows up, and then you take her out to breakfast. You give her a big hug. You apologize for your DUI. You know, tell her she's the best. And that's it. You got another year of unconditional love. Thanks to the wonderful people at proflowers.com. I challenge you to find a better read. Um, all right. Moving on here. Moving on. What the hell am I going to talk about? Oh, you know, I went, I went to a bar last night. Oh, yesterday afternoon because the games come on early. Because um, I finally accepted the fact emotionally that my Boston Bruins have uh, been knocked out of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And uh, I've actually – you guys know my hatred of NBA basketball. You know, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I just – that final three minutes, it drives me nuts. With all the timeouts, and I know I brought it up before. And you know what's even worse is when they call the timeouts, I noticed yesterday because I watched a game, is then they start reading copy, you know, <laughs> like anything they can do to just bring the drama all the way back down to zero. It's like tied fucking 98-98. Oh, they got, they got 28 fouls to give, and then they foul, and then so-and-so calls the timeout, and then next thing you know, they're sitting there reading, you know, like what I just did. ProFlowers.com. Gets your mother some fucking, you know, that's stupid. I don't know. So anyways, I've accepted the fact that the Bruins are out of the playoffs, and I'm all right. Well, the bees are out, dude. Why don't we go watch the fucking C's, kid? You know what I'm saying? So Celtics were playing the Atlanta Hawks, who used to be the St. Louis Hawks, and we beat them in 1958, I believe, for their NBA title. That's right, St. Louis. 
We owned your ass in a sport you don't even know about anymore. Um, back when Eisenhower was in office. Um, so I watched that game. and It was just a phenomenal playoff game as far as like being a fan. Because the, it was over before it even started. You know, it was over. And there was never a concern. They were up by 30 points. And I sat there drinking beer and eating wings, becoming fucking old fat boy Billy again. Billy Fatigan. That's my Irish name. <laughs> so um, so I'm sitting there, right? I'm with a buddy of mine, right? Watching the game. We're having a great time. And right in like the fourth quarter, uh, these four girls, four or five girls come in. And it's a dive bar, you know? I like the dive bars. You can get a place to sit. You know, it's just one of those deals. Somebody has one of those fucking, what's Nick Nolte's character in 48 hours? You know, there was, there's always one of those cars parked out front, some fucking piece of shit ragtop with some sad dog in, in the back seat, right? I like those bars, you know, the bar fly car, right? So I walk in there, we're watching the game, and like fucking, with like, uh, I don't know, five minutes to go in the game. So what's that, like two hours NBA time? These like five, six chicks come in and they're just like, they're just train wrecks. All of them wearing pants where you can just see their clams, you know, ridiculously tight pants. Another girl's got these cutoffs with this, her hat turned sideways, looking like she's in some fucking Fresh Prince video in the late 80s. It's just, they were just absolute messes. And they start putting money into the jukebox and they just start singing along. They start to sing along to uh, Video Killed the Radio Star, right? And then they just start, you know, and then there's all these fucking old guys, barfly fucking jack-offs like my age and a little bit older, like way too fucking old for these chicks, right? And these girls are being like really fucking loud and they're fucking dancing with each other and they're grabbing each other's asses, doing all this shit. And you see these guys up at the bar, they're like, and they start like reacting to this sex fucking energy that they're putting out there. So two of the girls stand up. They start. That's what it got, dude. It was like the fucking accused, like times five was going down. The whole vibe it was fucking ridiculous. So the two girls stand up. They start like dancing, grinding up against each other. And then one of the guys eventually, like some big fucking sex star bear, starts walking over and starts pawing at the girl. And then the girl's like, hey, knock it off. Get the fuck out of here, right? And my buddy, classic, looks at me and goes, she facilitated that entire fucking thing. And it's like, exactly. Fuck, it, it was, uh, I don't know if they were strippers. I don't know what their fucking deal was. But um, it was just one that thing that I've always said, where you, you got to have responsibility for your own fucking safety. Obviously, that guy shouldn't just feel that he should be able to walk over and start pawing at some girl. But, you know, when you're sitting there with your clam fucking outlined on the front of your fucking jeans and you're grinding up against her, your friend and you're pulling her jacket off and she's going, stop it, stop it. And you keep pulling it off. I mean, what the fuck do you think's going to happen? You know, I fuck, you know, there's nothing worse then when people act like the world is a perfect place and then they act shocked when something bad happens, it isn't okay. There's the way you wish the world was and the way it is. So fucking act accordingly. You don't go in there with your fucking hoo-ha hanging out and start grinding up on your friend in front of fucking five drunk guys 
who women haven't done a double take at since the fucking, I don't know, Fernando Valenzuela struck out the side. Okay. I'm saying they're old people. It was just, it was a really fucking uncomfortable vibe. And I literally looked at my friend. I go, look, if we don't get out of here in three minutes, we're going to be testifying in about fucking six weeks for whatever bullshit's about ready to go down. And you know what kills me is no one at the bar stopped them from doing what they were doing. You know, I was trying to think what the fucking male version of what they were doing would be. I guess it would be like acting aggressive and almost causing like a fight vibe. All right. But, you know, then you get tossed out. But women could can create the accused vibe. And uh, I don't know. I'm probably going to get shit for this. But like, you know, I'm not advocating what that guy did. That What that guy did was fucking wrong. But Jesus fucking Christ. What did your dad do? Did he buy, like, Fisher-Price How to Be a Whore? Did they make, like, a... Remember those little fucking stereos they made? Did they make, like, a fucking... The whore version of that? I don't know. I'm at that age, people. I'm at that age. Where I look at women like that and I don't go, like, well, there's an easy mark. I now look at them going, like, ah, Jesus Christ. Where the fuck was your dad? What didn't he do? Um... But anyways, but what was actually funny was for some – this is how drunk they were. As they were grinding on each other and fucking pulling up each other's dresses and doing all this shit to fucking – for whatever reason. Uh, out of nowhere, they just started singing the Star Spangled Banner. <laughs> and then the guys at the bar joined in. And I have video of it. I'm going to send it to my guy and hopefully we'll get it up on the site. I got it like halfway through. They sang – the whole fucking song. And what was funny was that whole fucking is somebody going to get rape vibe went out the window. Both sides for like a good three minutes were in harmony uh, with some sort of support the troops vibe just out of fucking nowhere. And I, this is the funny thing about it. This was probably like seven in the evening. This is how fucking wasted everybody was. Um, all right. Plowing ahead here. Um, oh, whatever. Women, what do you think about that? Am I being the fucking caveman there? I'm not advocating that, that, that I'm saying that those guys, what they did was right, but like, you can't, I, that's like, it's like me, like I've always said this, that's like me walking through Central Park at like three in the morning, dressed like Liberace singing, I'm in the money. I'm in the money. I got a lot of fucking cash in my back pocket. Right. And then someone comes up, smashes me over the head. I got a concussion. I got a fucking my cheekbones fucked up. You know, they take my wallet, you know, and all that shit. Is it wrong? Yes. Do you feel bad for me? Yes. But what the fuck was I thinking? You know, why don't you just fucking uh, give yourself a bunch of paper cuts and junk, jump in shark infested water and then fucking go. And then it bit my leg off. You're an asshole. That's uh, that's that's my side of it. All right. Oh, Jesus. Uh, relationship advice. Follow up. Success story. Dearest, dearest Billiam, you may or may not remember a couple months ago, I emailed you about some relationship vi- advice. To recap, 22 years old, been with my girlfriend for seven years, most of it long distant. Smallish things had happened from time to time, which made me doubt I could trust her. I gave the example of the strip poker thing she lied about and the business trip where she said a coworker tried to kiss her. Oh, yeah. I got to be honest with you, dude. I get a lot of emails like that. So, uh, And I, I've been that guy. I was that guy when I was 23. Um, anyways, 
He goes, you sent me a very clear message. Pull the ripcord. I'm just writing to let you know that I did take your advice, and although it was probably the hardest thing I've ever had to do, it was 100% the right call. So thank you for giving me the extra nudge I needed. Hopefully in the future I can be a fucking man about these things and ju- just do what needs to be done. I'm through most of the relationship fallout now. I did have to tell her to get fucked when she kept wanting to get back together. <laughs> she didn't seem to understand that all of the reason we broke up would still be there. Bottom line, I'm happier than I've been in a long time. Thanks, man. I owe you. Well, there you go. And that's the hardest thing, too, is when they're coming back to you. Because as you're thinking, as your brain up top is going, this is wrong, you're out, stay out. Your, your dick is going, free pussy. Get your free pussy. Step right up. Who wants the free pussy? All right, that's what your dick's saying. So you have to override that. And uh, I got to be honest with you, the only reason why she was getting back with you was just to get with you till she was mentally prepared to walk away from you so she could pull the ripcord. And uh, that's the worst. So you avoided all of that. So now this is what you do, son. Um, go out and have a good time and don't get involved with anybody that you don't feel you're going to marry. All right. Is this the mother of my kids? All right, go fuck yourself. And that's how you do it until you meet the one that is. And then that's the one. That's the one you give your heart to. But other than that, fuck all of them. Fuck them. All right? I don't mean that in a misogynistic way, but just, you know, when you're fucking, you know, two, three dates in and eh, it doesn't feel fucking weird, you know? It's, it doesn't feel right, I mean. It's still feeling weird. You know? At that point, all she has at your place is maybe a scrunchie or some sort of fucking uh, toiletry. You just get it's out. Done. There you go. Beat it. And you don't have to be mean. You just be honest. Just say, listen, I I really like you. You're a nice person. I just don't see this uh long term. So rather than waste your time and my time and us both getting really hurt, we'll just just leave right now. This I believe this is yours. <laughs> Um, all right. Good for you, sir. Good for you. All right. Here we go. Pissed off Bay Area fan who might, who's also might be cops. What? All right. Thanks for canceling the Sunday show in San Jose, you ginger fuck. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm doing San Jose coming up, and I, had to, I, I can't do the Sunday show. I had to cancel that one. So evidently, this guy says, at least 10 of us bought tickets to the show and has a boozy, had a boozy work night, night out planned around it. Uh, to say we were looking forward to it would be an understatement. We are not some random group of amateurs either. We are dedicated fans, faithful podcast listeners. We came out to see you last time you were in San Jose, and we even stood in line to meet you uh, by, by the DVDs. And by the DVDs, man, some of us were even women. Uh, not only that, we actually, we've actually been polarized, polarizing on behalf of on your behalf, and won you several, uh, several new fans who also bought tickets to the Sunday show. One guy's bitch wife only allows him out one night per year, and this was going to be his 2012 outing. Jesus Christ, dude, you're killing me. We've told him you're a stand-up guy. How do we tell him you've thrown us over and are scurrying out to Chicago to suck up to Vince Vaughn? <laughs> Douche move, Mr. Burr. Douche move. Hey! What about the other two nights I'm going there? First of all, 
Stop acting like San Jose is like some blue chip fucking city. All right? San Jose only can look down to Bakersfield. You're looking eye to eye at Sacramento. All right? You're both the chicks with the good personalities. All right? But we all know the hottie is San Francisco. Okay? Listen, I apologize. Uh, it's something I have to do. Um, it, it, it'll make sense in a few months. It'll make sense in a couple of months why I had to do what the fuck I'm doing. I don't talk about the shit that, I, that I'm doing because most of it get, doesn't get picked up. It gets swatted back down to the ground. So why fucking bring up, oh, hey, I just did this, and allegedly it has the opportunity to do that, and then nothing happens. And then it's bad enough it doesn't happen. Then you have to deal with people going, hey, whatever happened to that thing? Oh, it, it failed. It crashed and burned. So, uh, I, I, yeah, I have to go out to Chicago. It's a fucking loyalty thing. All right? You think I wouldn't like to spend another fucking night in San Jose? I love San Jose. I don't like the shots. I don't like your, your hockey team. I respect your fans, though. You got great fans up there. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Julie, Jim, Dave, Mikey, Joey, Joey's girlfriend, Rico, Bill, and several others. All right? You fucking babies. Um, and he goes, no, we can't. Oh, well, P.S. No, we can't just come Friday, Saturday shows instead because we work those nights. We're in a local law enforcement. Oh, shit. They have guns. Um, yay. My fault. I'll make it up to you and I'll see you at the uh, policeman's ball. Um, there's no way we can get the night off. Saturday, Sunday night was it, man. All right. All right. I fucked you over. What do you think? I'm not coming back. Ah, shit. You know what? You're good. You got me with the guilt. You did. You got me with the guilt. Hey, how about those L.A. Kings, everybody? Is anybody else watching the, the fucking playoffs? The L.A. Kings, for the first time since the Gretzky era, and as far as I know, I didn't look this up, I think only the second time in their history they've made it to the Western Conference Finals, at least as far as when I've been paying attention. I don't ever remember them there back when they had those yellow and purple Laker jerseys on. Um, I don't know. And the cunty devils keep beating the Flyers. I thought the Flyers... I'm not saying it's over. God knows it's not over when it's the fucking Flyers. They came back down 0-3 against my Bruins. Um, but the Devils are just so fucking cunty. You know what I mean? And I mean that with all due respect. I hate it when they played the trap and all that type of shit, but... Sons of bitches, man. They play very... They play like that disciplined hockey. Very disciplined. Um... All right, let's plow ahead here. What do we got? What do we got next? All right, Bill. Is it racist, racist, racist? Uh, Mushnick edition. Um, what is this? Man, fuck a Mushnick. It's a Murdoch-owned paper. Enough said. What is Mushnick? What, what the fuck? Is, what is this? Throwback, is it racist? Mushnick edition? I have no idea what this means. It says, as long as the Nets are allowing Jay-Z to call their marketing shots, what a shock that he chose black and white as the new team colors to stress, as the Nets explained, their new urban home. Why not have him apply the full Jay-Z treatment? Why the Brooklyn Nets when they they can be the New York N-words? What the fuck is this? The cheerleaders should be the Brooklyn Bitches or hoes? 
Team logo, a nine millimeter. What the fuck is this? Oh, 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 this is Phil Mushnick. Oh, Phil Mushnick wrote this. Oh, okay. Phil Mushnick is this guy who's just, he's never in a good mood. He could be getting a two-on-one on a sunny day in the middle of winter, and he would still find a reason to complain about stuff. And that's funny coming from me because I'm one of the biggest cunts there ever was. All right, Phil Mushnick. This is what he wrote about Jay-Z owning the Nets in um, Brooklyn. Okay, now I get it. He says, as long as the Nets are allowing Jay-Z to call their marketing shots, well, why shouldn't they? It's America. He had the money. He bought the team. Uh, what a shock that he chose black and white as the new team logos to stress, as the Nets explained, their new urban home. Why not have him imply the full Jay-Z treat- treatment? Why the Brooklyn Nets when they could be the New York New York N-words? The cheerleaders could be the Brooklyn bitches or hoes. Team logo, a 9 millimeter with hollow tip shell casing strewn beneath. Want to be Jay-Z hip? Then go all the way. Ah, Jesus. That's just stupid. Well, isn't black and white, isn't that inclusive? Like there's only black and white people in Brooklyn, but I'm just saying, you know, why are you saying nine millimeters? There's a whole Hasidic population. There's the uh, growing up gaudy population out there. Brooklyn is... uh, Oh, Phil. I think he is. He just anyways, he says, Bill, is this racist? There's this Asian girl that I work with who has a bit of an eye condition that is. Oh, this is a whole different thing. Uh, (laughs) I thought this guy was tying that in. I'm sorry. I'm just a fucking idiot right now. I told you the syrup. It's it's wearing off the sugar rush or whatever is fucking wearing down here. Um, Yeah. Why did he do that? Is he trying to be the next? uh, Who's that guy with the cowboy hat? Yeah, that guy. Um, he's mad that their that their colors are black and white. What is wrong with black and white? It's not like the Nets had a classic uniform. I thought their their uniform was hideous. They had that gr- that gray with the red and the white. It was awful. I think it's cool that there's a team in Brooklyn. Oh, Phil Mushnick, why don't you go get yourself a Sunday, you miserable bastard? All right, coming from me. All right, Bill, is this racist, racist, racist? Uh, There's this Asian girl that I work with who has a bit of an eye condition that is slightly but definitely noticeable. She's not cross-eyed. She's not cross-eyed, but something is definitely askew. You can tell she's looking at you, but one eye kind of drifts off into no man's land. Yeah, lazy eye. Now, normally, googly eyes would be a pretty big turnoff, right? But she almost seems more alluring because of it. This had me wondering if Asian women can pull off this look better than other nationalities. Uh, a mainstream example of this would be Lucy Liu. She had set an eye thing going on, albeit a slight thing, but she's revered as a hottie. Compare that to a Caucasian Bobby, Bobby Betsia, the CNN anchor that Nancy Walls did an impression of. Or African-American Stuart Scott. A lesser example considering he's a male. Is it racist of me to believe Asian may have the edge when it comes to the public overlooking their lazy eyes? If so, do you think it's due to their eyes being almond-shaped, <laughs> thus detracting from the wonkiness? Ah, oh, Jesus. Dude, I think you just think this girl is hot. You know, and you'd rather bang her than Stuart Scott. I think it's really that simple. 
Um, I don't know who, know who half those other people are. I don't watch CNN or Fox News. I find it, uh, I don't know. I just find both those, they're totally slanted in opposite directions, so I never watch that shit. And uh, Stuart Scott is battling uh, for his life, I believe. So, uh, I don't know, dude. I think you just want to fucking, I think you just, I just think you want to bang this girl. Um, I think that's why you, you, I think you like Asian chicks, regardless of whether their eyes are looking at you or not looking at you, you, you like them. So, you know what I say, sir? I say, go for it. You know? Go get yourself a beautiful girl. You know, it's great. She could, ah, I'm gonna do, I was going to do an easy joke there. I'm not doing it. All right. Okay, here we go. Bill, uh, want to bang lesbian friend who is in lesbian remission. Jesus. Okay, this is outside my realm, but I'll, I'll try and answer it. Hey, Bill, I want your opinion on this problem I have. I'm a 19-year-old college freshman, and I'm in a bit of an ethical dilemma. I have this friend who is a lesbian, and recently she has been... She hasn't been having any luck with the ladies. So now she's feeling vulnerable to the point that she's actually contemplating about fucking this guy she knows. After she tells me this, I start getting jealous because I've always had sexual feelings for her, but never acted on them because she's a lesbian and I respected her. Dude, what kind of a fucking asshole are you? You know, why are you hanging out with her? You were just waiting for daylight? What What are you doing? She's a lesbian. She doesn't want to fuck you. you, you you're sitting at a, at a, it's a dried up well. It's over. Walk away. What else is there? Well, I guess she's a lesbian. Maybe she's into some, uh, I don't know. Does she fix cars like you? I have no idea what the- <laughs> uh, Is there anything worse than a guy just hovering around? You know, rather than going out and just like, I don't know what you're waiting for. Just plenty of fish in the sea. You're 19. Well, well, you know what? I'm being too hard on you. You're 19 years old. You have no idea. Hello, Cleo. Hey, Nia, can you help me out with this one? Oh, you got to go? Real quick? You got to go? This guy's trying to bang this uh, lesbian girl who's in lesbian remission. It means she hasn't, she's wanted to like hook up with uh, some other ladies, but they're not giving it to her. So she's actually been contemplating fucking this other guy. So now this dude's jealous because he's always been hanging around her. Remember that conversation we had earlier? That's why guy, guys hang around women. Either they're the gay guy or they're trying to fuck you. There's really no other. There's really <laughs> All right. Well, I wish you could hang here. All right. Go have fun. Oh, sorry. Huh? I'm sorry. All right. That's nice, though. Your fans thought that you were coming on, and now you're not. You're leaving them oh, wanting more. Wait. You're, you're leaving them wanting more. Can we do this real quick? I, ugh, it has to be very quickly. Though. Okay, so I told you what's going on. Yeah. Cleo, get out of here. Um, anyways, but now that she's in the mood to, go, to going back to fucking dudes, some other douche is feeling her up even before I knew what was happening. So this other guy got in there. He goes, I don't want to make her my girlfriend. We both made it very clear neither of us are good at being in relationships because we're both selfish people. I do not want... However, I do want to fuck her once, and I tried asking my cousin for his point of view on the situation, but he recently found Jesus. Oh, oh Jesus. So the only answer to give he gives me is read the Bible or premarital sex is a sin. What do you think? Should I sleep with her before she fucks this guy and realize she doesn't like men and ruin any chance I have? Uh, wait, should I try... 
I'll try, try to sleep with her before this guy fucks her and she realizes she doesn't like men and ruin any chance I have. Or should I just go, just be the friend and do nothing? Thanks. Are there no other women around for you to fuck that you're just completely singularly focused on and obsessed with this girl who's a lesbian that's exactly what i said why are you hovering around her that's what i want is it because you can't have her or like it's it's a it's a chase thing or it's a struggle that he's like I you know what it is her. i bet I they're the same her. the same height and they can borrow each other's clothes <laughs> <laughs> just leave i was alone. wondering were you gonna wear that flannel tonight because uh i feel like getting involved sexually with anyone who's having like going back and forth with their sexuality and figuring it out is probably not a good idea just because there's probably a lot of emotional shit going on along with that that she may not talk about and you may not be aware of i would just leave it alone yeah why don't you just go talk to a girl that wants to bang a guy why don't you make it a lot easier make it a lot easier on yourself hey how do i turn this bus into a bicycle (laughs) i've always wanted this bus to be a bicycle and uh now it's uh but, but men like the chase though right No, we like a layup. We like a layup. What? I thought men are all about the chase and make it difficult and all that. No, that's what you guys are into. You guys are into just making it difficult. We want you guys just to fucking just (laughs) lie down. Yeah, recline. (laughs) (laughs) Stop acting like it doesn't feel good for you, too, you know? No, you know what it is? There there is, as far as like... uh, a good feeling is when a woman is making it difficult and you tear through all that bullshit and you're able to make her uh, succumb. Mm. You're rolling your eyes near, right? You've yeah, experienced that, haven't you? A, well, yeah, this is the speech that you give before you tell people like – Oh, you, 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 you were making it difficult and that yeah, dude was cock-blocking is... me and I fucking t- – that, that, that right there is like uh, – remember that year when, when Tom Hanks won back-to-back Oscars? Yeah. He's still a great actor, but, you know, is that ever going to happen again? Right. That's, that's my, that's my uh, sexual conquest. Oh, I the see. night I brought you down. You didn't bring brought me you down. down like a fucking wildebeest on I the Serengeti you from before. <laughs> you didn't have to look at it, see what they do. They just take it away. Oh, Cleo, Cleo, come on, come on. Go over there. Uh, well, all right. Well, that's my that's my two cents. Okay, so I'm gonna go now. Okay, all right. I'll see you. Have fun. <laughs> all right, the fucking female RoboCop. <laughs> fucking working out like a maniac. I'm over here. Becoming a tub of shit. That's right. That's right. All right. I'll see you later. So there you go, sir. This is what I think you should do. I, we basically, both of us, you got to stop hanging out with these girls that, uh, why are you doing that? You know? I know why you're doing it. I know why you're doing it. Because you can be like, dude, my dick is so intoxicating. Even chicks who don't like dick can't say no to my dick. Oh! Um, all right, let's read some advertising, shall we, people? Let's get on with it. Where the hell is it here? Oh, Christ. Where are we? Where are we? Okay, here we go. Here we go. Oh, the usual. Stamps.com, everybody. Uh, we've done this one before. This is, one, this, is, this is the runaway advertising hit on the podcast here. Everybody's getting into it. And by the way, you know, I heard a, I heard a story. Uh, Nia always listens to NP. Ah, she always listens to that. Yeah, all things considered. Today we're going to talk about how strawberries are made. The strawberry. Doesn't everybody enjoy the strawberry? Oh, Jesus, NPR. Good Lord. It's a fucking bore fest, right? Um, she always has it on, so I fucking sit there and I listen to it, you know? And uh, But they were talking about the post office and how it's bankrupt and how they're going to be, cha- they're going to be closing a bunch of them soon. And uh, at least this is what they were saying. 
Unless they're super busy, they're going to be closing them. So why don't you get the jump? Okay? Get the jump and go to Stamps.com and bring the post office into your home, your apartment, or your cardboard box on the sidewalk. Wherever you're living, you can bring the post office into your dwelling. All right? They're going to start closing them soon. You know, you want to be standing outside there like that poor son of a bitch who put all his money in the bank. And when the bank fails, he's standing out there with his little his little, his little card with the number on it. But you said it was in there. You don't want to be that guy. Get the jump. Post offices are closing. The sky is falling. I'm, I'm using fear this week. All right. Go to stamps.com, everybody. Uh, where the hell is the co- copy is attached? I thought I knew this one by heart. Ah, oh, for Christ's sake. I know what it is. You go to stamps.com. This is the great thing. You're able to print legal stamps with your own, your home computer and your printer. Whatever you need, you just bing, bang, boom. You do it. You can do it whatever hour of the day. They give you a little scale, you know? So if you want to go, I don't know, it's Mother's Day coming up and you bought something and you want to ship it out to your mom, you know, you just put it in a box, put it on your scale, you weigh it, bing, bang, boom, you're done. Put it out of the mailbox. Postman comes the next day, picks it up. You don't even have to leave your dang house. All right? If you act now, my listeners, get a free $110 worth of stamps. And uh, you just go to stamps.com. You click on the microphone with the code uh, B-U-R-R. Um, I'm telling you, this guy, um, this is actually is now uh, more viable than ever, considering they're actually closing uh, the post offices, the offices where they post. Um, and that's it. Gamefly, Gamefly.com is another one. You know what I noticed yesterday when I was watching the NBA? They all, they did Pro Flowers and they did Gamefly.com. And I was thinking, you know what? The NBA, they're listening to my podcast. They're ripping me off. They have the same advertisers. Um, Gamefly. Uh, let's see. Keep it short this week. This is up to you if you want to do this anymore or not. Uh, what are you talking about? Why wouldn't I want to keep doing this? I love Gamefly.com. You get 8,000 Video games at your fingertips. I guess that was an inside note. Like, I wasn't supposed to read that. Gamefly.com, everybody. Do you like video games? Sure, we all do. How would you like to have 8,000 video games at your fingertips? They can either be delivered right to your game, right to your uh, house, or you can download them right on your own damn PC. You get a 15-day free trial. 15 days. You can stay at home. Use all your sick days, your vacation days, play video games. Go to Gamefly.com. Gamefly.com slash burr. And you'll have access to all of those. There you go. How was that? Are those reads all right? Um, hey, remember how the last few weeks I've been telling you guys how I've been trying to get into learning how shit works and science and all that because I have such a poor science background? Um, I have a YouTube video of the week, and it basically it explains um, how a differential works on your truck or your car. And it actually fucking blew my mind. Now, the weird thing about this video is for some reason, the first like six minutes of it, you have to sit through uh, policemen on motorcycles doing all these different formations and these X game tricks. It's uh, from like the 1940s. So it has that World War II propaganda, you know, and, uh, you know, they're holding on to each other's arms. They're standing up, riding around this whole little fucking Hitler youth sort of beginning thing. It's really weird. I guess at one point when they're going around, they're trying to show the principles of a car going around a corner in the differential. But it's fucking amazing. Um, 
And I know a lot of you guys like, Bill, I don't give a fuck. I don't want to learn how to fix my car. And you know what I say? Yes, you do. The back of your head, there's no way when you bring your car down to the dealership and you know it's something simple, but you just never read up on it. There's no way you don't feel like a bitch when you're sitting there. You know? I'm telling you. I, you know, I didn't realize about the differential. I didn't realize that uh, it, it also allows... I know it took all the torque from the engine and made it go 90 degrees, but I didn't realize it gave your back tires the ability to turn independently. That's what blew my mind because it never dawned on me that when you go around the corner, the inside tire has to go like way, a way shorter distance than the outside tire. So if they're both turning at the same time, one of them would be sliding. I don't know which one, but so I guess that makes sense. But for them to figure out a gear as to how to get those things to turn independently, it's just, it's fucking, it just, you just got to watch it. All right? And if you watch it, you're going to be like me. And you're going to get fucking obsessed with it. And you're going to buy the owner's manual to your fucking car that is about a thousand pages thick. And you're going to finally, like, I'm actually looking at, like, explosion drawings of, like, transmissions. And uh, my whole life, I had no idea what a fucking transmission looked like. Is this boring the shit out of all of you? Well, fuck you! Can I learn something? Do I got to be the sports-talking moron for the rest of my fucking life? Um, hey, how about those New York Knicks, everybody? How about those Knicks? They finally won a playoff game. Congratulations to all New York Knicks fans. Unless you like the Yankees, then you can go fuck yourselves. Um, ended a a 13-game-in-a-row playoff game losing streak. I want to know, what do you guys think? When will that ever get beaten? That's gonna, that one's going to stand for a while. I was actually trying to do the math on that. In order to duplicate that, best-case scenario, you only get swept two years in a row or two playoff trips in a row. Like, best-case scenario would be you uh, were up three games to none one year, and then you lost four in a row. So you didn't get swept. And there's four losses. Then you get swept two more times in a row. That's 12. And then you lose the first game in the next one. That's the best case scenario. The fucking Knicks lost some playoff series when Van Gundy was still there. They lost two, the last two games. So that was their first two loss. Then they got swept. That's six. They got swept again. That's 10. Then they lost the first three of this one. That's 13. I swear to God, if they lost yesterday, that 14, you would the only way somebody could beat that, you'd have to get swept three times in a fucking run. It's practically impossible. Um, and this is what kills me. is uh, Paul Verzi, old Jersey Verzi, New Jersey zone. The pride of fucking Red Bank. He fucking, uh, we got in this huge fucking debate. He fucking annoys the shit out of me with his praise of Madison Square Garden. Like, he feels like like this venue. Like, that is the most overrated fucking venue, I think, in professional sports. Because it gets so much fucking clout because it's in New York City. The Paris of the United States. And just because it's fucking there that everybody seems to forget the incredible lack of championships that have been won there. Okay? The fucking New York Rangers have won one Stanley Cup since 1940. That's 72 fucking years 
there's been one championship won there. The New York Knicks haven't won since fucking Nixon resigned. 40 fucking years. All right? And this dude is telling me, he goes, yeah, Verzi, he's always talking about how Jordan said that was his favorite place to play. And he, this is, this is how the, the, the fight started. He told me that fucking the Garden during game three was the loudest NBA game he's ever heard. And I'm like, really? Do you really think that it was louder than the Boston Garden or the L.A. Forum when the Lakers and Celtics were playing a game seven? Do you really think it was louder game three, Knicks versus the Heat, and you're down fucking 0-2? Do you really think the venue was fucking louder? I mean, what are you basing? He goes, dude, this isn't about championships. I'm like, it's not. I'm not saying it's about championships. But we were playing for a championship, so you're going to be even amped up even more. And he just keeps saying how they use that stupid fucking expression that 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 Madison Square Garden, it's a mecca. It's a mecca for basketball. And it's what people don't understand. I, I don't do you understand what mecca just means people from around the world gather there. It's a gathering place. It's like if 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 Madison Square Garden was in a mall, it would be a food court. People gather. From all over the mall. Some people came there to buy a dress. Other people came there to buy a slack, buy some slacks. But they, they all gather in the food court to eat that shitty food. And yes, it is a basketball mecca. People gather from around the globe to kick the Knicks fucking ass every year if they make the goddamn playoffs. All right? It just fucking annoys the shit out of me because I give it up to the Yankees for them. Like, like that, that, that's, that's the top team in baseball it's not even close 27 championships over right and he's gonna fucking sit there and he's gonna try and talk about madison square garden like this is the crown jewel of the fucking nba and completely disregard the celtics and lakers who combined have won 32 NBA championships puts the lakers bba championship that they count as an nba championship for 33 and you're sitting on fucking two. All right? I got to be honest. As an outsider, when I think of Madison Square Garden, I think of Muhammad Ali. I think of Led Zeppelin. Mark Messier. Occasionally, I'll think of uh, Bernard King. Frank Sinatra. Uh, Bruce Spring. You know, Rolling Stones. I, I think more music. I don't think sports because nothing really fucking memorable What, what has ever happened there? I don't understand what has happened there. The Bruins went into the stands and somebody got beaten with a loafer. Mike Milbury, right? Not to rat him out, but I mean, it's on video, Mike. I mean, just don't understand. Like, I, it just, I just tried to tell him. I'm like, dude, it's not louder. It's not louder. <laughs> you think it was louder than when the Celtics finally won another fucking championship after their drought of like whatever, what it was, 22 years? Do you really think it was louder than that? I was trying to explain to him, it just seems loud to you because you're a Knicks fan. You know? It's like that dude who was into the Asian women. And he's going, oh, do, do they play off the lazy? Yeah, you just, you like Asian women. It's the same fucking thing. All right? So just in case there's some more verses out there, okay, you have a nice little venue down there. It's, it was made during the cookie cutter time. Some of the worst fucking venues ever. The ceiling is ugly. And uh, there's an unbelievable... I've done this joke before. I always talk about the... 
the breeze in Madison Square Garden. There's an unbelievable breeze up in the rafters because there's no championship bl- banners to block the air conditioning. <laughs> so anyways, having said that, congratulations to the Knicks. Um, if the Knicks ever went on a run and were uh, – a championship team. Even then, the best that they could hope to do is duplicate what uh, the Bulls did with Jordan when when they were the center of the basketball universe. But in my lifetime, they never have been. And I'm an old fuck, man. I've been around for a long time at this point. I'm halfway through this journey. If I'm lucky, hopefully, only halfway through. Um, so there you go. I went out of my way to trash the fucking Knicks, even though they just fucking won. Um. And I, don't, and I don't even know shit about fucking, uh, I don't know shit about basketball. Why don't I just shut the hell up? What am I up to here? 56 minutes? All right, let's read some more advertising here. All right, Amazon.com, everybody. Hey, do you like me? Do you like my podcast? Do you, well, if you don't, do you like the troops? I'm drafting behind your like of the troops. This is the deal. Um, next time you go to Amazon.com, not saying you have to, but next time you're going to buy something, why don't you just go to BillBird.com, click on the podcast, page that thing opens up on the right hand side you're going to see the amazon banner you click on that thing and then just go buy something if you want to and when you do you'll be supporting my podcast because i get a kickback and 10 percent of whatever kickback i get from amazon.com i throw to the wounded warriors project so you support my podcast and you support the troops how about that can you beat that i don't think you can so um i think that's it i think that is the uh the podcast for this week wait there's some overrated underrated. Remember those things? Um, underrated. Uh, pissing in the shower. One of the most relaxing things you could ever do. Gross. Just lean back, hands free, and just let go of all your worries. Trust me, sounds gross, That's what he's, but it's awesome. Plus, it all goes down the same pipes. And this way, you'll save a flush worth of water it's like the hybrid of toilet time um it doesn't go down the same pipe it doesn't go down the same pipe you fucking jackass it doesn't the toilet goes down your fucking sewage line all right they don't all they don't all flush together tell me they don't all flush together Then where does that water go? To then get treated and then I wash my hair with the shit we all shit and pissed in? Ah, probably does. There's so many fucking people. Does it go down the same fucking line? No. No, it would. Dude, you would. the, The smell of shit would be coming right up your shower drain. Maybe eventually it does. I don't think it does. I thought they kept those two separate. Wow, that's fucking disgusting. Can somebody please write me and clear that up? Um, anyways, frosting your own beer glasses at home. Underrated. Absolutely. And by the way, you're required to do that. Okay? If, if you say, hey, you guys want to watch the game at my place, you are required to frost up some glasses. Okay? That's uh, that's one of the, the unwritten rules. You know, there's unwritten rules. You don't show up a pitcher. You know what I mean? After the whistle blows, you don't shoot the puck at the goalie. Those fucking unwritten rules. You know, the unwritten rule is that you have your buddies over to watch the game. You got to frost up some glasses. You know. 
and then get mad at them when they pee all over the seat. Um, overrated. Uh, giant Oprah-style mansions with 20 bedrooms and shit. I grew up pretty poor and in some small houses, and I remember thinking as I was watching those Scream movies how that shit could never happen to broke people. <laughs> they had the rich kids in these giant-ass houses, giant arse houses. This guy must be from Europe here. Um, and people getting murdered in some other room while the rest of the people were oblivious, which made me laugh. As growing up, I could hear my mom in the kitchen walking around on the wooden floor while I was in the bedroom, literally on the opposite side of the house. No way some mass douche is slaughtering someone, demasking, and then walking back into the lounge like, hey, guys, what I miss? Uh, so sleep tight there, Richie Rich. That's fucking hilarious. Plus, you know what's crazy about those houses is, you know, when you have like 20 bedrooms, you don't think about it, but like those rooms are useless. 20 bedrooms. So you got to go out and buy 20 beds. What can you do in your bed? Sleep and fuck. Right? Do you need to do that in a bunch of other rooms? Other than that, how long does that take? For me, sleeping and fucking takes eight hours and seven minutes <laughs> on a good day. Right? So other than that, it's just a useless room. I, I, you need whatever. Three, four bedrooms. And then after that, everybody can you know go sleep in the family room. Go sleep in the movie room. Go sleep in my study. You want to turn those rooms into something else. I've never understood. Uh, I don't You know what it is? Yeah, I, I, this is why I think those people live in those kinds of places. Some people just want a giant house. But there is got to be something really comforting to live in like the Illuminati's like cul-de-sac. You know? Like if I ever became like just like some fucking billionaire. You know, which I really think is inevitable with the wild success of this podcast and all this advertising that pretty soon, you know, I will become a billionaire. Um, <laughs> I'll go fuck yourselves. Whatever. For, whatever. Say I, I invent the next fucking app for the iPhone and I make a zillion dollars. So, you know, there's got to be something comforting when the dollar is crashing. If you're in this giant gated fucking community with its own security – Ah, shit, even then. Even then, because then you, you got to think the security guy. I would make friends with the security people, like ridiculous friends. I would like, if I had that kind of money, I would pay off their houses. Well, then he wouldn't fucking show up to work. I'd have to do something where they were on my side. You know, I just make a plan. Dude, when, it, when the shit goes down, you can bring you and your family and your pistol to my house. All right? I have fucking 10 years worth of beef in my fucking 4,000 square foot fucking refrigerator. Freezer. We can eat for 10 years all and I have enough bullets for you to hold people off. Can, can you do this? Are you willing to do this, sir? That, that's how I would play it. I would have my own little mini militia. You know, I know a buddy of mine told me one time they were having, they had this fire in the Hollywood Hills somewhere out here. Can somebody please find me footage of this? Because I refuse to believe that somebody had this level of wealth, but it sounded awesome. Where the big thing about it, when you live in the hills out here, um, this is basically what happens. All right, every year for like a month straight, it fucking, it seems like it rains every day out here. And during that time, all the hills turn all green and they're beautiful and they're lush and all that type of shit. And then after that, occasionally it will fucking rain. So what happens is gradually the hills start to dry out. And then towards the end of the year, the Santa Ana winds come in off of the desert, all right? And it's just flat. 
So they come in at like fucking sometimes upwards of 100 miles an hour and it's like nature's hairdryer and it just dries out all of the hills and turns them this shitty Jesus is coming brown. And then eventually something happens. Somebody throws a cigarette out the window. I don't know what. I don't know. A fucking rattlesnake takes a shit and hits a piece of flint. I don't don't know how these things work. I have a bad science background. Whatever. The fucking things catch on fire. And all these rich motherfuckers that you're jealous of, during those months, you're not jealous of when you watch their fucking houses burn down. So one time a buddy of mine was saying he was watching the news and somebody had so much fucking money that the dude had his own fire department. Basically, and these guys were on top with these fucking fire retardant suits and these giant like like cannons that were shooting foam all over the perimeter and all over the house. So his house didn't burn down and like the four houses around him burned to the ground and his house was fine. Just sitting in this giant mountain of fucking shaving cream. And uh, I just remember thinking that 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 is that is the shit. Like, if I was wealthy, that's what the fuck I would do. You know? I wouldn't help the less fortunate. <laughs> I would make sure that I could protect all my shit. Wouldn't you? Ah, that was a nice little selfish moment. But I am. I'm a selfish son of a bitch. Um, that's the podcast for this week. Hey, would you guys like to see me do stand-up? Well, why don't you go to BillBird.com like I'm doing right now, you fucking bastard. Where the hell is it? There we go. Uh, these are some of my upcoming shows. I am going to be in Los Angeles at a, at a club called Flappers. I swear to God, it's called Flappers. It's in Burbank. Uh, I'm trying to build up my new act and uh, on May 25th. I don't even have the date up on my website yet. I'll have to get it up there. Uh, place called Flappers in Burbank, California. Um, other things I have coming up. San Jose. I'm going to be uh, at the Improv on the 15th and the 16th. Unfortunately, I had to cancel the show on Sunday. And uh, on the Sunday, I'm going to be at the Chicago Theater, June 17th. And uh, then the Ontario Ontario Improv, the 29th, 30th, and July 1st. Jesus Christ, where's the summer going? Hampton Beach Ballroom Casino in New Hampshire. Newport Yachting Center, Newport, Rhode Island. I know that sounds fancy, but it's a giant tent outside in a parking lot. So don't don't be intimidated. Come on down. I need you too. Caroline's on Broadway, July 26th through the 29th. And uh, who out there is from Charlotte, North Carolina? North Caca, fucking lackey, motherfucker. Um, I actually were in the process of booking a date there on a weekend when the Panthers have a home game. So I'm going to go out to a game, see Cam Newton, and uh, by then my fucking act ought to be uh, about three-quarters ready. My special will be about a month away from coming out. So a uh, bunch of dates, yada, yada, yada. Please come out and see me. Uh, once again, thanks to everybody who's been listening to the podcast, making donations, uh, you know, taking advantage of some of the advertising that I'm bringing to you. You know, anybody who orders the flowers, I really appreciate it. That is it. That is all. Go fuck yourselves. Don't take any shit. Don't hang out with lesbians thinking you're going to fuck them. Either be friends with them and trade ratchet sets or fucking move on. All right? That is it. God bless you. And God bless the United States of America. <laughs>